Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Erin Andrews is a fixture on the NFL sidelines. She's been a sportscaster for more than two decades, reporting on some of the biggest games in football. Erin is a legend in the sports industry and one of sports TV's brightest stars. But just like the rest of us, for Erin, not all seasons are winning seasons. Some will test your strength, your endurance, and your drive to keep going. Back in 2008, an event so startling occurred, not even Aaron herself could wrap her mind around it. While on the road for work, a man secretly recorded Aaron in her hotel room and shared the footage of her undressing online. In 2016, a painful and public trial would follow. That same year, after a routine checkup, Aaron was diagnosed with cervical cancer and underwent two surgeries to have it removed. And after a decade battling with infertility and multiple rounds of IVF, heartbreak. But Erin found joy at the end of her journey. And with the NFL season in full swing, Erin has entered her busiest and best season yet, motherhood. In June of this year, Erin and her husband, former NHL player Jarrett Stahl, welcomed a baby boy with the help of a surrogate. Today, Erin continues to inspire both on and off the field. She bravely shares her experiences with the world and remains candid about topics that impact so many families. Erin and I had so much to talk about. And after this conversation, we will be cheering her on from the sidelines. Two pom-poms, baby, as she celebrates this exciting season of her life. I'm Hoda Kotb. Welcome to my podcast, Making Space. All right, Miss Erin, uh, it's so good to see you. I have to say that you're doing what moms do these days. You you are doing <laughs> oh, it God. all. You, I, I, don't I don't know what I'm doing. You're doing it all. You're working. You're working your, your child care situation. You're doing all the things. How full is your plate at this point? It's fall. I I was having I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago in New York and just about the guilt factor. I just got home last night from Dallas. Um luckily I landed just in time to say goodnight, you know, wipe a little spit up off of the under part of the chin, <laughs> you know, that it when it gets in there and like washing down a little bit. Yes. <laughs> he saved that for me. Got to see him off to bed. Just I got up before he got up this morning, walked the dog, got ready, seeing you, gonna run around. So I'm struggling with that because, you know, I only have a few couple of days out of the week before I have to hit Philadelphia this week for the Cowboys-Eagles matchup. It's like, do you, and I know you do because you're super mom and you you do everything. Every little minute where you just wish, 
how back in the day you'd flip through social media or look to see what's going on in the world. It's like, okay, what can I fit in? Do I shove a yogurt down my throat? Do I go try to get the kid into the doctor now? Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's no time, Hoda. I know. And you know what? I spend most of my time trying to slow everything down. Like someone said this to me and they said, we we spend so much of our life focused on our kind of imagined future, like the Mm. what if future. So we live our life because we have to do this now because what if and what if that, and I got to make sure that I got this time and that time. That imagined future that we're dreaming about, that we're thinking about, that we're worried about, our mom's and dad's health, you know, those kinds of things. It's like you, all the time that we're sitting here, I feel like, I mean, I feel that a lot. I'm like, you know what? Today is a great day. Yeah. This you're I was so okay, right. let me tell you this. I was with Hope yesterday. Aww. And you know that song Enchanted by Taylor Swift. Yes. So Enchanted to Meet You. I'm looking at Hope and she's looking at me and the song comes on. And oh, all of a sudden I'm I get crying. this Okay. And I go, Hope, you know what this is reminding me of? And she goes, Your eyes are wet. I go, oh. Enchanted to meet you. I go, Hopey, the first time you were placed in my arms. I realized mm. that's the word. She said, What does enchanted mean? I said, enchanted means you're, de- it's more than delighted. It's the best, mm-hmm. the biggest word. And in that moment, I thought to myself, oh my God, in two minutes, we made a memory. I could have yeah. been running because I usually am. Oh my God, get right. this, get your coat, get your coat. You know, it's just like trying to slow the world down. And it's hard because yeah. you're type A, man, you get it done. You've always been an achiever, an overachiever. Mm-hmm. Has that been your, just your way through your life? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know when the switch happened, Hoda, because I think of myself in college. If I had applied myself, (laughs) I would have been wearing all those great, like, you know, badges and robes. And I was like, looked at my parents when I graduated, which I did in four years. And I said, how come I don't have all that stuff? My dad's like, exactly. Why don't you have all? No, I just, I think once I got into this industry, I mean, you know it better than anyone, fueled by, you know, it's a male-dominated industry. What is it Mm -hmm. now? It was just the chip on my shoulder to be like, let's do as much as I can, show everybody I, you know, am able to do it. And I think it was you that said this, the more success you have, the busier you are. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that's, you know, where you are exactly how it is. I actually had a great interview last week with Dan Patrick, who I worked with at ESPN for several years. And he had mentioned, and I love the way he phrased it, and it's basically how you said it. We are always, you know, in the fast pass lane. We are going, going, going. But don't be afraid to pull over to the side and just take a minute and think about what you've accomplished, what you have. Do your enchanted moments with your daughter Mm. before you get back in the HOV lane, you know? (laughs) Right. And plow past everybody. Yeah. I want to go before this. I want to go okay. to little Aaron Andrews, who was oh, a boy. kid, and uh, raised by, it sounds like, amazing parents. Yeah. You've got your sister. So when mm-hmm. you were the little girl, what was the thing that you did that um, you lost? You completely lost track of time? They were like, Aaron, you're like, wait, what? It's three o'clock? Mom, what? What was the thing you did when you were little that you couldn't stop doing? 
I think the one thing around our entire life was dance. Dance Mm -hmm. was so big. And I wasn't good, Hoda. (laughs) I I hit a growth spurt so early in my life. I shot up. I mean, we're talking the elastic jeans my mom had to put me in because nothing would stay on these hips. And of course, she did say to me, enjoy it now. And, you know, I I never (laughs) really appreciated it until now. The Ensure drinks to keep weight on me in case I got the random stomach flu. Um, You were that skinny that you needed that? Yeah, so much so. I mean, you'll get it. I was nicknamed in junior high Minute for Minute Bowl because I was so tall and so thin. And that's what all the boys called me because I couldn't keep any weight on. Were you were you um, popular when you were at that no, stage? I wasn't. I wasn't popular at all. I was, you know, I I think people knew me because I hung out with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a lot of girlfriends from dance, but then when it came to school, I wanted to talk about Michael Jordan. I wanted to talk about the Boston Celtics. I wanted, so I like to hang out with the guys. I also, which I really appreciate my mom and dad did. I was just telling somebody this. They were asking about pushing sports mm-hmm. and when do you do that on your kid? And I said, I didn't play sports. I was just, I was a kid that was in dance and I loved it so much for the structure. And I never wanted to let down my dance teacher. That was my mom's MO with mm. us. If we if I fought with my little sister or if I, you know, fought with my mom or was sassy with my mom, she said, Great, call Miss Teresa right now and tell her you're not going to ballet. And it was like, no. Why mom. why didn't you want why did you not want to disappoint her? I did a report on something like this yesterday with the Cowboys game. The defensive coordinator was talking about, and you know this as a parent, Mm -hmm. I don't know this yet. You can say something to Hope. You can say something to your player Mm -hmm. all week long. But if it's an outside voice, somebody that they look up to, they'll listen. They'll Mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why. I mean, knowing I had to tell her I was sassy to my mom, just broke me. Um, And that was such great structure because you ask if I was popular in school. I was with the boys, but I wasn't doing the Friday night movie theaters with the girls and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff because I had competition dance the next day. Mm. And I just felt like that taught me responsibility. Mm -hmm. Hoda, you know this better than anyone. It taught me when the lights are on and even if you feel like crap, if it's that time of month or you've (laughs) just gotten in, you know, a, a, a stern discussion with somebody, like are on. Hello, baby. You gotta Welcome to Today's show. We're here. Carson, what do you have for us? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it taught me so much. It taught me about prioritizing my life, my my schoolwork. And that my mom started that from a very young age. And one thing I appreciate about her, she didn't push it on us. So oh. that was something that I lost myself in was dance. It gave me a confidence, even though I did look very tall, skinny, minute-esque, you know? <laughs> minute-esque. So you you hung with the boys because that's where you mm-hmm. felt comfortable and they spoke your language, it sounds yeah. like. Exactly. What did that, because no matter what group you hang with, if you hang with the girls, you sort of want the attention of the boys. If you hang with the yeah. boys, sometimes you're like, oh, they seem like they're having a real sisterhood and I'm over here. Mm-hmm. What did that feel like for you while you were in school? I think, wow, I'm going to lay down on the couch and dive deep here. I think that hanging with the boys, it just was a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to be anything that I wasn't because I wasn't, you know, my body wasn't developing like the Mm -hmm. girls. I didn't, I was, I was, I was. In the ugly duckling stage, Mm -hmm. I was. Um, Clothes weren't fitting and looking the way, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not like my mom was going out. We weren't buying the, wait for it, Esprit and Z Cavaricis and the kids all the time, you know? So, I mean, yeah, it it made me feel comfortable because I would wear, you know, the Larry Bird t-shirt and things like that. That was my comfort zone. Did you want one of the boys to ask you out? And did they? Yes. One of the boys I hung out with, yes, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> did you get asked to the dances and all that um, stuff? Um, I did get asked to the dances. Yes. Mm-hmm. In that, yeah, I did. By the boy, I wanted to ask me out. But yes, wow. but that was way later in my life. That was like senior year. So you didn't play sports. You just no. you were just a fan. And wh- mm-hmm. who was a fan in your house? Who loved sports? My dad. Yeah. 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 Are you a pleaser? Yes. A yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. How can you tell? I don't know, because you said your dance teacher, you didn't want to disappoint her. And I understand what your mom was doing there, but mm-hmm. it is that thing about, so who did you spend your life pleasing? Oh, wow. Hoda, bring in it. I think my mom and dad. Yeah. 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 I never yeah. wanted to let them down, which is so interesting because the relationship and it, it, if I could go back and I need to figure out how my parents did this, and I'd love to bring it back with Mac, just seeing how other um, adults were back in the day with their parents, we were open about everything. Mm. I mean, we laugh now. My sister and I are very, very tight about how I ruined a Saturday breakfast. We went to our favorite spot in Tampa. It was this Mexican buffet. So you could get, you know, American breakfast, but also some fun Mexican food as well. It was delicious. And, um, I just had to sit down because I had heard my sister tried a cigarette at 10 years old and I couldn't wait to tell my parents. And she's like, you just ruined breakfast <laughs> for everyone. Why? But we had the relationship and my, and my parents didn't do anything but looked at her and said, we're very disappointed at you. And she just started bawling Crying. at the table. And that's the relationship we had. We could tell them things. They wanted us to tell them things. We were very, very open and we did not want to let our parents down. So yes, wow, wow. you put They've that done, together, baby. But by the way, they did good because I. You want your kids to have that feeling, not just mm-hmm. oh, mom doesn't care, but to have the openness and also that. So uh, sports, it's one thing to love. How sport. did they do that? How did I don't they get do it. that? I know. We were all so open about everything, but there's a lot of families that are, but kids don't want to tell their parents any anything, and I just did not. I, I didn't want to let him down. I, here's another one. Well, and last hmm. one, and I'll let you ask yeah. me another question. My, I was obsessed with basketball. I was obsessed with Charles Barkley. I wanted so badly, this is after Larry Bird retired, him to beat Michael Jordan in the playoffs. And I was in high school, and I was being sassy to my mom. My dad came home, had a discussion with me about it. I didn't agree with what he said. He left my room. I made a comment under my breath. It wasn't obviously as quiet as I thought. He He... All of a sudden, I heard a little knock at the door, and I was like, crap, he heard me. My dad came in, and he said, the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take television and the radio away from you. He knew exactly why, because the Phoenix Suns were in the NBA playoffs against Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and they were up in the series, and I was like, okay, I've pissed my dad off, and now I can't watch Charles Barkley (laughs) eventually lose. But my parents were so good at hitting us where it really hurt. No, don't take that away. Who was the cheerleader of your parents, and who was the disciplinarian? Dad was always away, right? My dad was working at at an NBC affiliate in Tampa. Um, He did, you know, his hours were crazy. You guys don't have, we don't Mm -hmm. have hours, right? Mm -hmm. So my mom was home with us. So Mm -hmm. she always felt like, you know, we were always so excited with dad because she was with us all day. And I get where she felt with that. So dad cheerleader, mom disciplinarian. But when dad heard about it, he was pissed. He was pissed. So you... You love sports. You're in, uh, you go into college. In, in your mm-hmm. high school yearbook, did they write, like, you're going to be on ESPN? Did they already know? Yeah, they did. They 
Well, you have great researchers, Hoda. Yeah, yeah. no, somebody wrote in my yearbook, um, I'll see you on ESPN. I just kind of thought crazy, two different worlds. I was either going to be <laughs> a marine biologist. What? I was obsessed with whales. We went in Seattle. My dad had done a bunch of stories um, about killer whales um, and, you know, obviously theme parks and so forth. And he won a bunch of awards. And we decided as a family, we were going to go and we were going to go see them in the wild in Seattle. And we had a, an incredible experience. Mm. And I was just like, this is my mission. That or I want to work sports. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> whoa, girl. Two different curriculums. Um, so, yeah, they wrote in my my yearbook, I'll see you on ESPN. Did, did and you believe? Like, did you believe that was a strong possibility for you? I did because I think, Hoda, and looking back on it, I was so naive about how competitive— I I grew up Mm -hmm. in this industry, but I was so naive about how competitive it really is. I didn't think that there was any other option. Mm -hmm. I think because I was born into this industry, I'd watched my dad do the 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock news. We went and sat on the desk, you know, when Mm -hmm. we'd pick him up to go out to dinner. I just thought, yeah. It's just the way it is. That's the way it is. I can't figure out if that was a great way to believe or not. Because if I had, you know, had a hard time getting in, I, I'm, I'm interested how I would have responded. But, um, yeah, no, I think I'm proud of myself that I, even though, you know, I, I had an in getting in, mm-hmm. Leslie Visser had always said, you know, being a female or, or having a connection will get your foot in the door, but that doesn't help you stay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I maybe that's why I am so relentless in terms of mm-hmm. like, okay, how do we get better? How do we, you know, add more, do more? So, um, yeah, I always thought that this was the path. How long did your dad work in Tampa? My dad worked in Tampa, gosh, I should know this, 30-something years. He retired. It was very sad. He, um, COVID, my dad um, had a a massive heart attack. He had like six, maybe six or three to six months left on his contract before Mm. he was supposed to retire. And then after that, we were like, dad, it's time. Like, you need to put you um, first. Mm. So he didn't really get to go out the way he wanted, which how many of us get to anyways. Um, But yeah, he was there forever. It was amazing. And um, it's pretty funny. Sometimes I run into a lot of people that my dad worked with in Tampa. And, um, you know, they're like, we miss your dad. And Mm. he can't watch the six o'clock or 11 o'clock news without getting fired up about the rundown or anything. it's like dad don't give yourself another heart attack relax oh wow wow I didn't know that I didn't know that's how your dad's career kind of came to a close yeah, yeah. you don't oh, you're right you don't always get everything you want at the end but no. it sounds like that he had such a great incredible run oh he did so you decide you want to go into sports casting you're kind of familiar mm-hmm. with the thing it is a man's world sorry and you knew yeah. that so yeah. what did you face i mean you know your your eyes wide open you seem like you get along well with the guys so it, but how did you navigate those kind of funky waters i think when i first started i was just so excited and i just wanted to do much like now as much as i could my dad kind of taught me don't say no do it do everything um and then you'll you'll fall into where you know you're supposed to be um i just was so excited i never really worried about murky waters in terms mm-hmm. of being the only woman around or you know being treated differently or any of that um 
I was just like full speed ahead. I mm-hmm. couldn't wait to do everything. And and thankfully it all came so fast and with great guidance from my dad. I mean, there were hard times. I remember I was telling this story the other day. I my dad was helping me with a bunch of my stand-ups that I was doing. I was first hired by the Tampa Bay Lightning in my my town I was raised in. My dad, like I said, was working for the NBC affiliate. I was traveling with the team. It what it was awesome for a 21-year-old wow. out of college. Wow. I'm on charter jets. I'm at the Four Seasons, the Ritz. I mean, this really wasn't something a 21-year-old should do. Hoda, we got $75 a day in cash and per diem. And my broadcasters that I was there with, you know, our play-by-play and our analysts for the team, they weren't going to let me pay at all for wow. anything. So I was coming home and making car payments with on my Jetta in cash. You know, I was like, I got all this per diem. <laughs> but I was living with my mom and dad which was a smart thing to do. I thought, you know, but I also, it was funny but sad. I I felt like a fraud because my dad was writing a lot of my hits. I was Mm -hmm. like, dad, how should I say this? And he would take it and look at it and be like, Mm -hmm. let me play with it. Let me play Mm -hmm, with it a little. mm -hmm. And one day I called him and I said, I'm a fraud. I feel like it's like the movie Roxanne and I'm your mouthpiece and you're writing it. And you know, he just said, Aaron, I'm just helping you see the structure, see how it's supposed to be. Now I get it. I do exactly, you know, the mm-hmm. same thing for my kid. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, I got That's a lot a of help. That's a big confessional, though, to say that. to Because I think we all feel like pretenders a little bit, no matter oh, yeah. how long we've been in this industry. But to mm-hmm. say to your dad, I feel like a fraud, like you're doing my, my homework for me and I'm yeah. taking credit for it. That's mm-hmm. a That was a big statement. And I love what yeah. he said. I, I still remember what was I had to do a hit on the goaltender baptism under fire and I'm like dad I would never say that and he's like say it it sounds so good it's like <laughs> such a producer Hoda I would come home from these road trips it was so special and things I'll never forget um you know we we'd be gone you know five days six days out of the week because you'd hit all the mm-hmm. different teams in the city and I I would still in my bed that I you know grew up in go home get it, it home in the middle of the night and there'd be legal pads on my bed from each game my dad would take notes oh and just say this gr- was great but slow down a little I would have said this differently like it was really really a cool experience even now like I mean I don't even want to think about the day that it doesn't happen but mm. my <laughs> dad texted me throughout all of my football games. Like, you know, uh, great hit with Dak. Um, You know, find out about this at the half from McCarthy. Um, The one time my dad hasn't been available for my football game was we were, it was week one, Seattle at Green Bay years ago. It was when, um, I remember going to bed that night in Green Bay and my mom packing up our house because a massive hurricane was about to come. My dad was still working for uh, Channel 8 at the time. And he was, you know, doing the hours that you guys do when a hurricane or a massive story is coming. Mm -hmm. And my mom is wrapping everything up and she's getting ready to go to a shelter. My dad's at the station and he, we just, you know, it was awful. I remember calling my parents in the morning and crying and my dad couldn't, he always texts me before the game and during the game and he just didn't. And and the national anthem's going on and I'm just thinking about where the hell is my dad? Like, I hope he's okay. And Joe Buck comes back on and he goes, hey, we're thinking about everybody in Tampa, including Aaron Andrews' family. And I start crying. (laughs) And then I have to do my hit. And then Aaron Rodgers, when he was on the Packers, Mm -hmm. he knew my parents were in Tampa and he looks at me and he goes, how's your parents? I was like, I don't know. But third quarter, my dad started texting and he's like, the storm missed us. We're good. I'm locked in. You know, how are they running the ball? I'm like, dad, thank God. 
Okay, you have, I mean, talk about a number one. I always feel like we each only need one person to be wildly successful. And your one is, I mean, your mom's amazing too. Amazing. But your one is so obvious and mm-hmm. clear. Coming up, Erin opens up about the trial that shook her and her family to their core, plus her battle with cervical cancer. Stay with us. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I was thinking about there are like moments in our lives that are defining, you know, yours is, you know, when you first got your first professional job, that was one, obviously. And the other one was, which is how a lot of people came to know you, which was that horrible incident mm-hmm. that you endured with that disgusting yeah. guy who, right. who stalker, videotaped, yep. the stalker, who did the videotaping of you. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about, he's since subsequently went to jail and all those things. However, to be a person who is number one in the spotlight, number two, a pleaser, number three, you like to do things right, all of yeah. that combined together. I was just imagining how you stepped out into the world after that, after having endured that. Yeah, I, that's something in my life I wish I have. I, I, I know I still need to go into therapy for it and, and deal with the PTSD. Even at this level, I'm doing a lot better. But um, that is the one thing when you talk about my parents that really like gets me every time. Because the phone call I made that day to my parents when I found that video and you know, this was unheard of at the Mm -hmm. time, so much so that the media and a lot of people pin this on me. I mean, Mm. people thought it was a scandal. And (laughs) I, I, you know, I'm the square from high school. I don't do those things. I knew the second I got the phone call from my friend at Sports Illustrated that he said, there's this video. And I said, no, there's not. I don't do that. I'm single. I don't have that going on in my life. He's like, Aaron, it's you. And when I saw it and I called my parents, Mm. my my dad says he thought I had been in a car accident because I was just screaming. Mm. And I feel so bad. I mean, my parents were incredible. I was, God, in my 30s when that happened. And Mm -hmm. I resorted to acting like a 15-year-old because in terms of not wanting to deal, my parents Mm -hmm. really, um, they were on the forefront. They dealt with the legal team. They dealt Mm. with getting me to an FBI team, um, getting people to listen and pay attention that it was real. And that is where my most of my pain comes from, is that my poor parents had to deal with that. Um, it brought on a lot of stress. My dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer right after my mm. trial, which don't tell me that that's not a coincidence. You know, I remember one day um, after my dad had his heart attack, 
my sister and I, you know what you do. You go back to your parents' house. You try to straighten up, get mm-hmm. it all ready before they come home from the hospital. And I remember seeing these pills and asking my sister what they were. And she was like, well, they're anxiety medicine. And I was like, well, why are they on them? And she's mm-hmm. like, well, they had taken them ever since you, mm-hmm. your trial. And I was like, oh, God, you just feel so bad, you know? But that's what great parents do. They take the weight, they take the brunt of it for their kid. And my parents were amazing. I remember this one time we were having this moment at the trial and we didn't even think this thing would go to trial mm-hmm. because we just were like, there's no way that this is going to happen. They're going to settle. This mm-hmm. was, you know, obviously when we we went head to head with the hotel that let him near me mm-hmm. and gave him my information and we never thought. And then once it looked like they weren't going to settle, we went to trial and my mom and dad are like, are you okay? And I should have said, are you okay to do mm-hmm. this? Because it's a lot to see your kid, you know, sitting yeah. there and, and hearing all this information and, um, I remember one day we had a really, really bad day at trial, not because of any of the information, but there was a, we had heard rumors and it was all, it was captured all over the media that one of the people on the opposing side was actually caught at a restaurant that night watching the video and a server Mm. had turned them in and to the media and Mm. so forth. And I felt like I was having a nervous breakdown Mm -hmm. in court when we heard about this. Like it was just a joke even till that part. And I, I don't remember if court, we were excused early that day or we went home, but I remember we had to get something at the drugstore and we left the courtroom and we walked to a drugstore before we walked to the hotel. And I just looked at my mom and I said, I'm I'm having a nervous breakdown. I'm having a panic mm-hmm. attack. And she's like, are you okay? And I said, I'm not okay, mom. And I remember mm-hmm. snapping at her and I said, how can I be okay that this is happening? Mm-hmm. And she looked at my dad and she's like, we gotta go. And I just like, those are moments mm-hmm. that I just feel so bad for my parents that they dealt with that. But they've, they're so amazing. But yeah, that part of the whole thing, despite what it did for me mentally, it's just hard what it did to my parents because we are so tight, you know, and that was a lot for them. Do you feel like, I know you said you want to get, you wanted to, you know, get more therapy about it. Do you feel like you are on the other side of that or is it, does it just pop up? Yeah, I feel like I'm on the other side. I used to walk around stadiums, Hoda, and you know, yesterday we were laughing as we were leaving AT&T Stadium because people were like, Aaron, Aaron, take a picture, take a picture. And my handheld photographer said, do you feel like an animal sometimes? And I said, I wish sometimes they would mix in a please, but you do it because you're like, how long is this Mm going to last? Right. Mm -hmm. And whatever, you don't want to be the jerk that doesn't take the picture. Mm -hmm. But I like feeling that way versus Mm -hmm. I used to walk in the stadiums and, you know, we're there with 70, 80,000 people. And I thought every single one of these people have seen me naked. Mm. And I was like, when am I going to stop feeling like that? I used to make jokes about it to coaches or players or, oh yeah, well, I know you've seen it. It's like, you didn't have to do that. You know, like Mm -hmm. we get it. It's a, it, it was a horrific thing that happened that I didn't bring on myself. So I think I'm on the other side of it in terms of, some things, but I have moments, My one of my best girlfriends knows this about me, anytime it looks like my password has been hacked or anytime it, mm-hmm. I get a notification, anything with hacking of security, mm-hmm. I instantly lose all feeling in my body and mm-hmm. I start to panic. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for somebody that works with me that I'll call her right away and I'm like, it's happening, it's happening. And she's yep. like, okay, okay, let's, let's mm-hmm. look at the account. It's the whole privacy, the mm-hmm. violation thing that I have a very hard time with. I have a hard time with the word stalker. I don't mm-hmm. do well with that word mm-hmm. um, because it, I just hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, certain things like that. But uh, other things, I'm really great. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I do think you talked about your dad getting ill after that. Yeah. And then 
after the trial and, you know, after all that happened, you too were, were sick. Yeah. Do you, when you think about that time in your life, do you connect dots or do you think those are two separate things? I don't. I, I, you know this better than anyone with everything you've gone through. Stress brings on horrible things in your body. Mm -hmm. It really does. And I think anything that may be going on in your body, it's like, acne. It just brings mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. It's like going to a facial and then you're like, wait a second, why do I have yeah. four cystic zits on my face? Yeah, um, yeah I, I think the stress really did. I, I also think, you know, I, I was I was trying to do IVF at the time and every, mm -hmm. and I just think it was like the perfect storm, you know, perfect timing of just an explosion. Where did you find relief? Like, where did you go for peace? Where did you go so your heart could rest? Like, where did you find that time, that place? as wild as it is, because that's where I was, you know, dealing with a lot of my PTSD and having to travel again in hotels, my job, my, my family, and I don't know how it is with you guys on the Today Show. I, I love my, my real life blood family, but my work family is my everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were talking the other day, not a lot of people made dinner the other night. Our play-by-play -play is doing the World Series. So it was like really discombobulated on mm -hmm. Sunday when we all finally saw each other on the field. And I just said out loud, I, I hate this. Like, I, I don't like when we don't have our meetings and we don't have yeah. our team dinner on Saturday yeah. night. Like, I've missed you guys. Yeah. Um, I've, I just felt comfort in being on the field with the athletes and being back with my team. It's kind of the same way I, I dealt with cervical cancer that year. I didn't tell anyone. I... I didn't want to miss a game. I just wanted mm. to be on the field. I just wanted to work. And that's probably really unhealthy because I didn't want to think about it. <laughs> um, but that was really the only way I knew I could recover and, and kind of get by. So you went through that period and very few people knew about it. You just went about your business of work. Yeah. And, and people didn't look at you with the sad eyes. That's probably another reason. I just didn't want to talk about my cervix when I was covering football. <laughs> I was the only girl. We talked about it the other night with our crew. We were talking about Dak Prescott and some of his yeah. biggest moments. And I said, yeah, it was Green Bay, at Green Bay. You know, yeah. he was huge in that game. And somebody said, wow, why do you have such a good memory? And I said, because I had half of my cervix cut out uh, two days before that. Oh my and I remember being at the um, practice with all of you. And one of you guys said to me, are you okay? You don't look good. And I was thinking yeah. to myself, I don't feel I don't good at all. I shouldn't be right. here, but yeah. Against doctor's orders. But you're right. Sometimes yeah. your mental health needs to like run first. After the break, Erin reflects on her journey to motherhood and what life is like with a baby boy. Stay with us. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So you've, throughout all this stuff, you wanted a child. 
And yeah. I know that that was something. Did you, is that something you've always wanted? Did it be, did it come to you, you know, after college, before, while you're working? When did you decide that motherhood was in the cards for you? I think I always knew I wanted to be one just because we had such a great childhood and we're so tight with, mm-hmm. you know, our parents and everything. And, um, you know, we wanted to drink around the world at Epcot Center with our kid at one point, like my parents <laughs> with us. And, you know, just do the little things that we grew up doing. And, um, yeah, but my life was different. I just, mm-hmm. my career just blew up in terms of me doing so many different things at so many different Mm -hmm. times. And I hadn't met the one and I met him late. And then, you know, he so badly wanted to have a kid. I I knew I wanted to have a baby, but it wasn't really until I met my husband and, and, um, you know, we settled into our life together that I realized, yeah, let's have a family. Mm -hmm. And was the idea of having a baby, did you think it would come easily or did you, you did? Yeah. Because everything, right? Yeah. 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 So that's an interesting thing. So mm-hmm. you struggle and you, you're you unable to have a child. You've tried and tried. Did you think maybe this is one of those things that's not in the cards for me? Because you could you could look at your life and say, I got a great life. Yeah. I got an incredible man. I got great yeah. parents. I got a job. I, I, got, I got everything. Not God's going to say, you don't get every everything. So maybe this I was know. the hand I was dealt. No. no. I knew that I would have a baby at some point, whatever path it would be. I knew we were going to get one, but I felt like I hadn't exhausted every option um, to quit. You know, why not jab myself another time and just go do another ultrasound yeah. and retrieval? Let's see how it goes. But yeah, I just, I felt like I just couldn't give up. Tell me about Mac. Tell me about the day that that little boy came into the world. Well, we were out. We knew that they were going to break our surrogate's water because she was such a good home. Her past pregnancies, she had carried her babies to full term. Mm. Um, and so we knew the day that he was going to come. So we wanted to <laughs> give her her time at the hospital until it was time to get there. We went, we right. said hello, we got out of her hair, we left her alone until it was, you know, time for us to be there. We tried to go have like a nice lunch. And then we got a text. All right, we're going to start rolling. I went to open the car door at lunch as we were leaving, and I whacked myself in the head. (laughs) So all of Mac's, like, welcome to the world Mac um, pictures, I have a bruise and an open sore on my head. Um, That was great. (laughs) So we got to the hospital, and yeah, I mean, it it was fast. It was wild and fast and beautiful and exactly how we... Um, had hoped the experience would be, and that had everything to do with our beautiful surrogate. And then we just got this little baby that looked like Mr. Magoo, and <laughs> now, now we just laugh at what he's become. So yeah. Um, and and who taught you how to do all the things, like to give the bath, to change the diapers, to? I was learning on the fly. Yeah. Like I read the books. I read books that my girlfriends had suggested, but I don't know about you. I felt like once they came, everybody said, "None of us know what we're doing. Mm-mm. It's okay." Mm-mm. So and yeah, it's the same thing when they when they give you this baby, you're like, "What? Huh? What am I doing?" <laughs> It was funny though. My for my husband, you know, being an athlete and yeah. me being around um, uh, players and coaches and and knowing routines and discipline. It was like the first night he came home, before we had any sort of guidance. We're like, okay, it's three hours. What do we do now? Let's <laughs> feed him. Let's burp him. Let's check his diaper. And it was like a team. And this nurse saw us like acting that way in the hospital room, and she goes, "Oh, you guys are be great together." And I wanted to be like, "Lady, this is night one. Relax." 
We well, don't know I, how we're going to be. I remember they handed Haley to me, and I was flying home, and they were like, oh, and here's a bag of Pampers. I was like, a bag of Pampers? And here's I some, mean, here's some formula. I mean, flying home, Hoda. That's yes. amazing. Our friends did that, too. And I was like, we were panicked on panicked. a drive. I can't imagine a flight, Hoda. Freaking out. And also, no. like, I was holding her, all the pictures of me holding her. She's practically slung over my shoulder. No, I didn't even know how to do it. I was like, is this too high off the edge? Yes. But you're yes. right. We learn as we go. So do you feel like when you look at your life now through this lens, does do you feel complete? Is there still more to come when it comes to family? Have you exhaled or or what? We haven't. I definitely haven't exhaled. I need to start doing it. And I love that you started this conversation with the enchanted story Mm -hmm. and exhaling. And um, I love to sing to him um, the Lion King song. um, I'm gonna be a mighty king. Um, Because I just, he starts cracking up and laughing about it. So those are my enchanted exhale moments. But no, because now we're thinking, okay, like we want to get Mac a sibling and surrogacy Mm -hmm. takes a while. Mm -hmm. And when do we start the process? So but I need to relax. And I think yeah. we all have gathered that in this podcast today. Erin yeah. needs to relax. But um, Aaron, yes. yeah, I need and to Aaron exhale will. while I do it. How do you, We call this podcast Making Space because I think we all yeah. should and need to. So if you had a day that was for you, Erin, Max being cared for by your mom, your husband's busy. There's not one sports event on your calendar. Whoa. You have opened your on? eyes. The sun is rising. And it's Erin's day. And you get to do what you want on this day. What would you, how would you, how would this day uh, lay out for you? I'd like to do some of the things I always do, which is wake up. I go to the edge of the bed and I put my face in my golden retriever's cheek and I tell him how much I love him Mm. and he's the bestest boy in the whole world. Mm. I cannot wait for a hot cup of coffee. Mm. Um, I'm just addicted and I'm obsessed and I love looking at the water and on the sky. I am... I love doing a nice workout, like a Pilates mm-hmm. situation, nothing mm-hmm. where I'm dying, I, mm-hmm. like I'm being like, why did I do this to myself? And then I think like a, a, a nice long walk on the beach. No, yes. I do. And a great, like maybe like after I've worked out, a walk on the beach and meeting some girlfriends. Yes. Let's just say it for a boozy brunch. Yes. By the way, sometimes that's all you need. And I think we do. We all have to take a break and say, I'm going to make a little a little space. Erin, yeah. you are delightful. Um, I love you, you, Hoda. Your whole world, I mean, this is the beginning. I know that you're on this career path, but your whole career path is going, you have no clue how far it's no. going. I'm no. going to say it and I'm going to keep saying it because I've already manifested it for you, whether you manifest it or not. But um, one of these days, too, your career is going to take a different path. And who knows? You might be right here on the set of the Today Show, which is what I believe. So I'm just putting it out there in the world because those things will happen. I love you. I would love nothing more than that. I would also love to – What? what's your cocktail of choice? Are you a white wine or like if we were having a boozy brunch together? I would do – I do a 1942 uh, – <sighs> On the rocks, one rock, big, pour it over, sip it, wait, so... Hoda! No, that's my jam. That is my jam. That or a mojito with lots of lime and lots of mint. Tons. Okay, I want to do that, and then I want to get on a cozy couch with you, and I want you to just tell me stories of your life, Yes. and then I feel like at the end, I'll just be (laughs) nestled right into you. I feel like you... I'll rock you like I rock Haley and hope. That's it. We're done. We're done. But no kids are coming. 
Fuck, I don't want them here. No. Bye. (laughs) All right, Aaron. I love you. Thank you. You're the best. I love you too. Thank you. You got it. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and for coming on this journey with me. If you like what you heard, and I hope that you do, please give Making Space a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you tell your friends, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Making Space with Hoda Kotb is produced by Allison Berger and Alexa Kasavecchia, along with Amanda Sidman and Christina Mana. Our production assistant is Megan Cilio. Our associate audio engineer is Juliana Mastrarilli. Our audio engineers are Bob Mallory and Katherine Anderson. Original music by John Estes. Bryson Barnes is our head of audio production. Missy Dunlop-Parsons is our executive producer. Sharice Williams-Laredo is our senior producer. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.